Some more worship after that. 
want to kick off a couple of announcements real fast. Get some water. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hey, listen, don't forget that Life's Healing Choices class. Uh, we'll be doing that starting on January the 4th. Uh, we have limited seating for both men and women. It'll be January 4th. That's a Monday. It'll be at 7 o'clock. If you want to sign up for that, today we need to sign up. Do you just take your phone? It's real easy. Pull your camera out. And there's this little bitty square right there called a QR code. You put that over the top, and it brings you to the sign-up sheet. It's real easy. If you don't know how to sign up or you're, you, you're having problems with it, please see one of our leaders today before you leave because, again, we have limited space. We only take five people in a class, and we need to screen people before we do that. It's, it's going to be an awesome class. It's nine weeks, but we want to make sure people are going to be committed to it. It's dealing with life's hang-ups, bad things that, that we've done, people done to us, just life's healing choices. We have things in our life that we need to deal with, and it makes, makes it difficult for us to do the right things, amen, make the right decisions. So anyways, whew, got through that there this morning. Also, don't forget, if you're interested in becoming a member, uh, please see one of the ushers there in the foyer, and they will get you one of our uh, information packs on becoming a member. Uh, what's the difference between being a member and a non-member? Uh, one is you don't get the vote in any of our elections. Uh, also, if you're interested in serving in leadership position, we'd like you to be a member, right? Know those that labor amongst you, amen? Uh, we, we like people to be a member to do that, but you're not required to be a member uh, to do any of these things, but you know we would love for you to be a member so that we can put you on all the, the mailing lists and to make sure, because you know what happens uh, accidentally is, is, is people come to church for a long time, we don't have their birthday. And we don't know we don't have their birthday, right, because they're not on the official roll over there. And so we like to send out birthday cards and all that kind of stuff. So we like to do all that, amen? So there's some other things in your bulletin you can look through as well. Hey, is anybody excited that 2020 is almost over with? Uh, listen, we've got some masks out there. Um, one of the, Sister Linda had purchased some 2021 masks. Uh, if you look out there on the four years you're leaving, if you want one, go ahead and slide it out of the pack. There, there's some displays so you can see which one because there's multiple types. You've got like five or six of them. But grab you one of those that says 2021, and you can be smiling behind it the whole time. Amen. So hallelujah. Hey, listen, we're going to move on to our, our giving portion of the service this morning. I, I, again, I want to say thank you for everybody that's it's continued to give during this pandemic the difficult time of the year. I, I know that a lot of times people will start hoarding up, you know, but you know what? We're not that kind of people, are we? We make our living on our giving. Amen. God has instructed us to bring the tithes and offerings to the storehouse, and we do that, and we give offerings on top of that, and the word of God says, as you purpose in your heart, I don't know about you, but I don't ever grow tomatoes because I don't like tomatoes. So when I give to the Lord, I, I give my tithes, and I say, Lord, I have an offering because you know what? I want, I'm, I want watermelon, right? I'm purposing in my heart. I'm not just throwing it out there and saying, well, whatever grows, grows. Because y'all know I don't like tomatoes. So, you know, we purpose in our heart. So there's nothing wrong with that. Like we just spent or spent, we sent over $5,000 for those fire Bibles because the people in the church gave money. And guess what? We're, amen. We raised money for those fire Bibles, $25 a Bible to put in pastors and leaders' hands in two countries overseas. Why? Because we want to reach our community. So we're going to put 250 Bibles in people's hands overseas, believing they're going to reach their countries, and we're sowing seeds there that we can reach our community. We're praying God will help us reach our community. So it's about sowing and reaping. So today you should give. You know, we pay our tithes to the Lord first, but then we can give an offering on top of that. And if you give, you can write a check to New Life, 
But again, I, I'm starting to like these QR codes because a lot of the younger people use them. Right there on the bottom corner, if you want to give online, just put your phone over that, boom, it brings you right to the giving screen. You can give online. You can give here in the, in, in the plate here in, in the house, just whichever you want. Hey, we're going to bring me a credit card. I'll spend it. Uh, no, I won't do that. I won't do that to you, I promise, because I tell you every year, don't, don't put your whole Christmas on credit. That's, that's a bad thing to do anyway. So, But uh, we got some boys that are going to help us out here. Guys, why don't you all run to the back and grab the buckets? And uh, where's my boys at? There they are. Hallelujah. They're going to run to the back. And uh, if you want to make out your check to New Life or, or put your cash in there or give online, you feel free to do that. But I'm going to pray, and I'm going to let them pass out the buckets. They're going to come around and get it from you. So, all right, guys, you all ready? All right, let me pray. Grab your offering this morning. Father, we thank you that we are in your presence and in your house. So many places that today are not allowed to do this, God, but we are. And today we want to be faithful to your word, and we want to bring our tithes and our offerings to the storehouse. But, Lord, we also want to, we want to bring an offering, God. We want to sow a seed today. So, Lord, we bring these gifts to you. We pray that you would bless them and you would multiply them a hundredfold and more, God. Lord, I pray a blessing over the giver this morning according to your word, and I also pray that it would be blessed and multiplied in the life of the church, that it would be used around the world, but especially right here in Marksville, Mansura, of Oils Parish, to reach the lost and the hurting and to feed those that are hungry. So thank you for receiving these gifts today in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that, say amen this morning. Amen. The little guys are going to come around. Thank you for serving, guys. They're going to come around, and they're going to pick that up for you. So hallelujah. Whew. So listen, there's a scripture in there for our, our hindsight 2020 as our, verse, our, our uh, sermon today. Uh, I'm, I'm upset at the uh, Weather Channel because they used that title the other day. I saw that. I, I've had this one in the works for, for weeks. Uh, I really believe that hindsight is better in 2020. Yeah? What's better in 2020 in vision? 2010? I don't know how that works. 15? Yeah. I, I really do think that when we pay attention to what we've been through, we can learn a whole lot more than perfect vision. And today we're going to talk about hindsight, looking back at our year and seeing what we went through so that we can learn a few things because uh, I don't know about you, I don't want to have to go through this mountain again. <laughs> I don't want to go around this mountain again, hallelujah. Uh, the, the Israelites had to go around that mountain for 40 years and I don't want to repeat 2020 40 times. I don't want to repeat it one time. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that today. But uh, come on, let's stand up and we're going to go back into worship and, and uh you know, we generally do one song that's kind of fun just to have a good time before, you know, we enter in. But now we're going to get a little more serious. Can we do that? I don't know about y'all, but we love to worship. Amen. So, look, if you want to use a flag, we have flags up here. We ask that you worship in spirit and in truth and not flesh. And then when you're done with it, just leave it on the front row and we will disinfect it after. Because we disinfect the whole building. We have a fogger that we fog everything, all the surfaces between services and we do the same thing with the flag so that you can be safe amen so hallelujah we love you jesus father we come to you now in the name of jesus and lord i ask that your spirit would just take control today holy spirit have your way in this place have your way just open your hearts up say lord have your way in my heart today have your way god we come to worship you and to praise you and to sing about you god have your way, Holy Spirit.
Deeper water. 
now that we like to worship come on we like to worship loud we like to worship our God because you know what God is not dead come on he is not dead and you know what I will lose my voice every week for him because he is worth it amen he is worth all our praise
your prayer this morning. Jesus.
Thank you for your faithfulness, Father. You are so amazing, Lord Jesus. We thank you for being here today, Lord, and touching lives of the people.
when oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. I am yours, and you are mine. Your grace abounds in
raise your hands and let him minister to you this morning. Come on, just tell the Holy Spirit what it is you need this morning. Give him a praise clap this morning. Come on, can we give him one clap? Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, I want you to turn and, and, and give somebody a spiritual high five this morning. Yeah, remember you can't go loving on them. I know you're caging and you want to, but that's just... Whew. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. You all did awesome. Where's our children at? Our kids are going to get ready to go back to children's church. If, if you have kids and you haven't been back there, we have all the tables spread out. Everything is spread out like it is in here. We try to be as cautious as we can. You know, I really like that song, Faithful. Boy, that thing is hard to play. We, we started learning it this morning, and, and in practice, it was great. Everybody did great. And then I started in on it, and I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going. And then I thought I was off key, and then it, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't matter how many times you practice the song, it just doesn't work in your head. Amen. So is our children all there? Hallelujah. Well, listen, if you're a visitor here, my name is Richard. I'm the pastor. My lovely wife, Wendy, over there. Raise your hand, babe, and say hi. Okay. And we'd love for you to fill out a visitor card. Uh, make sure you do that so we can connect to you. I'd love to send you a gift. Um, and I'm on this QR code thing, so if you turn your bulletin all the way to the back, there's a QR code for that. Well, you know I did that because we don't always get visitor cards. So I figured if I could do it electronically, I might get one. So, but anyways, whew. Listen, you can put that title slide up there, Micah. Hindsight 2020. We can put a set of glasses in there. You know, I found that picture, and if you look in the back, it looks kind of like... Uh, Maybe Russian. I don't know what that is in the back, Dad. I don't speak any foreign languages. I barely speak English well, so I'm not 100% what that is, but I just thought that was a cool picture because everything looks clear. The Lord has been speaking to me about this for, for quite a while now. And, um, you know, right now we're looking at putting 2020 in our rearview mirror, and we're all super excited about that. But just, you know, I, I know I've been sharing with the worship team and some of the other leaders. I do not want to leave 2020 without learning what I was supposed to learn, Dave. Because if I had to go through all of this for nothing, <laughs> it was a waste. It was a waste of a year. And I don't think my God wastes anything. 
And, you know, I think that, that he is teaching me things, and, and today I'm just going to share a couple of those, but I want to challenge you uh, with, with some other things as well. Um, I, know, I know some of you know Pastor John Ortiz, uh, John Ortiz Ministries. He's over in uh, Port Natchez, Texas area. The other day I was on there, uh, we did a video with, uh, I don't know, about nine or ten other people, some prophets and all that, and we all had about seven minutes to speak uh, about next year. And, and some of this is what the Lord put on my heart. So if you go to his page and like it, you'll see it. It's going to be played at midnight New Year's uh, is when they're actually going to air it. But uh, we had so many technical difficulties, we all recorded it and sent, us, sent it in, and all of us ended up at about 12 minutes. So thank God it wasn't just seven because it couldn't fit it in. But I want you to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. I will have these on the screen for you, Mike. I did put them all in there today. Um, I'm just going to bring to you what, what I really felt the Lord was showing me through this process of looking back. And Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this. Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race, the race that is set before us. And what, what I was seeing there was is, is there may be things from 2012 that I was supposed to get rid of that I need to let go, right? There, there was some things that the Lord was challenging me with and teaching me I need to let go because they're entangling me and I won't be able to run the race in 2021 that I'm supposed to run. There was also some hurts that probably came up because it was a year of division. It was such a year of division. I need to get rid of those things. So I need to really evaluate myself to find out what it was that, that I may be trying to carry into the next year. Because, again, you know, some of you that don't know, I was a, a distance runner. I was a lot thinner back then. I run distance now from here to my car, from the car to the restaurant when it's raining. And uh, my wife asked me the other day, if I got a treadmill, would you run on it? And I'm like, why would I want to do that? Which I need to. I, I do. But uh, just picking at her. I, I need to find out what those things are, guys. And, and like I said, I need to learn the lessons that God was trying to teach me because if I don't, you know what happens. Yeah. You're going to do them again. So, you know, I, I purposely look back and say, what could I have done better? Right? What could I have learned? And what's my takeaway for the year? Let's look at one more scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 2. That's way back at the beginning of the Bible if you open it up there. And listen, I do have my Bible right here. I do like to have my Bible. It just, sometimes I don't have room in here, and it's hard when I'm using the handheld to uh, flip the pages, but I do always keep it with me when I preach. I think it's important, even though it's all electronic. But Deuteronomy 2, chapter 1. Look, look at this. Already? Okay. Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spoke to me, and we skirted Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, Look at this. You have skirted this mountain long enough, turn northward. Some of us need to hear that. You have been going around this mountain for way too long. It's time you turn northward. <laughs> oh, this is going to be interesting today. Going to be interesting. Just, just a side note right here. 
somebody in here, <laughs> Lord, I'm not prepared to make this turn. Yes, you are. Lord, I'm still dealing with too many things. I need to keep going. I'm not, I'm not ready to enter into that promised perfect area yet. I'm not good enough. Yes, you are. Today, the Lord says, take that turn and go north. Stop doubting who you are. Stop doubting who you are in me, says the Lord. Stop doubting what the blood of Jesus did at the cross. Stop doubting what the Spirit, His Spirit, is doing inside of you. You are ready to make that turn. Stop doubting it. Verse 4. And command the people to say, this, this I found very interesting. You are about to pass through the territory of your brethren, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir, and they will be afraid of you. Therefore, watch yourselves carefully. I thought that was very interesting. Just, just again, why do I have to be so careful when they're all afraid of me? But it's the word of the Lord. Do not meddle with them, for I will not give you any of their land. No, not so much as one footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. You shall buy food from them with money that you may eat. You shall also buy water from them with money that you may drink. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He knows you trudging, that word, trudging through this great wilderness. These 40 years the Lord your God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. I want us to really look at verse 7 for a minute. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. When they left Egypt, did they have any money? Yeah. What did they have? All the spoils of Egypt. Right? They had all the gold. They had all the, the things. God was setting them up for later. But what did they do with it? They went and made a calf because they needed an idol. So then they had to work for it. Then they had to work for it. And we see right here in verse 7. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. See, that generation has passed away. That generation had to go because that was the sinful generation. Now this is the new generation fixing to enter into the promised land. He knows you're trudging through this great wilderness. What does trudge even mean? You know what's so funny is I guess I wrote this in two different places. Yeah. Well, in, you know, I, I must have wrote this twice because uh, I actually... Put the definition. To walk slowly with very heavy steps, typically because of exhaustion or harsh conditions. I don't know about you, but 2020 was one of those. I don't know if August was like that. But by about October, it was, my God, how long are we going to have to do this? November was definitely. And I remember yesterday as me and my, my son were in here fogging the building I was like, Lord, how many more times am I going to have to do this? How many more times am I going to have to spray this chair with disinfectant fog? It, I, I literally have a path. It just, I can count how many times my hand moves because I've done it so many times this year. How many times am I going to have to go through this? I guess part of that matters in did you learn your lesson? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I want to learn mine. I want to learn mine. And I have one more scripture we need to look at before we start really talking about this. Jeremiah 32. 
this is where we have to make sure. Jeremiah 32, 33. Did I say 33? I don't remember. Jeremiah 32, 33. That's what I have. Look at this. They have turned their back to me and not their face. Though I, I taught them teaching again and again, they would not listen and receive instruction. If 2020 is a year of instruction, I want to make sure I'm facing God and learning what I need to learn. We've got to learn it, guys. One thing that I have seen, I told this to people, I felt in my spirit to the very beginning of the year, last year, and I've told this to many people, as we begin to get into COVID and we begin to see things transpiring, I told them I really felt in my spirit that one thing that was going to happen was there was going to be a dividing of the true believers. And we've seen it. We've seen people that have called themselves believers and I have watched ministers and I have watched leaders fall into sin through this period. I have watched good people that were good church people, I will say, walk away from the faith. Start living a lie. Why? Because we weren't paying attention to what we were being taught and we were looking at the world and we were questioning, God, can this even be? What's going on? Are you in control anymore? And it just was complete craziness. Protests and divisions and elections and all of these things. I remember saying that many, many ministers that have had big platforms, their platforms will begin to shrink and be pulled down. Because God is shifting his church into a work and not just a speak. And I even said that about prophets. There's people that are speaking prophetically that all they ever do is speak prophet, prophets, or prophetic words over people. But I've never seen a person discipled through a prophetic word. We're becoming word people again. Prophetic words are great, but we've got to become word people. Why? Because that's where we learn our lessons and we apply them to life and the things that are going on. God is trying to teach us how to truly be his people without a building. Listen, I'm a pastor of a church with a building. And I'm telling you that. This is a building we call church, but you're the church. And we've had to find out how to be the church outside of the building. And I remember my, my youngest son, once, one week come to me, he says, Daddy, we need to put the cross outside. Well, we weren't taking that big heavy thing down. Because it took like, what, 10 of us to get it up there. But we had the one that was there in the back, and we put it right outside when we were doing the parking lot services. And I labeled that the cross has left the building. Because it was time. So as we look back at these couple things I want us to look at, I want you to think about that. The cross has left the building. Are you ready to go be the church out there, or are you wanting to sit back in school again? Because some of us have been in school so long. Like Pastor Donnie always said, I'm tired of parting your mustache to put your bottle in. <laughs> Pastor Flippo used to tell us that in Texas. I'm tired of parting your mustache and putting your bottle in. It's time. We're mature enough to do this. It's time we be, be the church outside. So here's two areas that I want to focus on that I believe God has really worked on me. My wife might agree with this one less than I do, but I have gotten better. The first one is patience. I have had to learn more patience this year than I want to. <laughs> I don't pray for patience. I pray God has a complete and entire work in me, and if it includes patience, I'll take it. But I, I'm not the one that's going to pray for patience. <sighs> you know, I used to pick at Pastor Woody, my, my pastor down there in, in Eunice. I would go to Lafayette, and, and come on, if you've driven in Lafayette, 
Yeah, I can get an amen on that one. And I would bring the church van down there, and we had our magnets on the side that said New Hope Fellowship on it. And I picked at him one day. I said, well, Pastor, you know I take those off when I go to Lafayette in case i got to cut somebody off. They don't know who to call. He said, what? I said, oh, yeah. So then I came back one day, and one was missing. You forgot to put that one back on? What do you mean? Man, I don't take those off. <laughs> he got lost somewhere. Patience. Here's what I wrote down with this. Waiting on God when I don't understand what is going on or even what to do. That's really patience. Patience, you know, it's setting at a red light with the guy. There's a green light ahead of you and he doesn't leave. I don't find anything wrong with doing a little pop-pop. Hey, come on, get off the phone. Let's, let's go. You know, to me, that's not being impatient. That's helping him be a better driver because he's not following the law. <laughs> I don't find that impatient. But what I do find impatient is, is I don't understand what God's doing, and I don't know what to do, and then I just go make it up. And I believe that's one of the lessons we had to learn this year. I don't know about you, but I did. I don't understand what all's going on with COVID. Pastor, is this the plague of the end times? I don't think so. Why? Because every plague I see in the Bible, God's really good at killing people. And if it's a plague and he just says, okay, you're gone, right? He'll just open up the earth, bloom. But it's bad. People get sick. People are dying. It's, I don't understand what this is. Well, well, Pastor, is Jesus coming soon? Yes. How soon? I don't know. He didn't tell me that. Um, well, what are we supposed to do? Let's pray some more. Uh, what else are we supposed to do? Let's go reach some lost people. That seems important. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's, what do we do? And, and, and pastors, you know, I, I remember early on somebody said this. They said, hey, Pastor, you don't have all the answers, and guess what? You can't call somebody because nobody else has gone through this either. <laughs> and they say, give your pastor a break because they have no idea what to do. Well, you know, I learned, and, and we began to pray. We began to pray about what we should do, and we started trusting God. And you know what? I found an answer was through the Word. And I began to focus on those things, and what it did was is it helped me to be patient. Because I'm not in control. I might be able to turn the air conditions on and off from my smartphone right here, but I can't do much more than that. If the Wi-Fi goes out, I can't change it. <laughs> I had to learn to be patient. Waiting on God when I didn't understand what was going on or even what to do. I had to learn patience. Look at Philippians 4. Again, I'll have it on the screen for you. Philippians 4, 6-7, watch this. Do not be anxious about anything. I still don't think that has anything to do with the guy stuck in front of me at the green light. But do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. I think that is one of the keys to really learning to be patient, is to be thankful through it. Lord, I am thankful that you're going to get this guy out of the way in front of me. Maybe not that way. I am thankful that you are still in control, God, which means I can't be in control. But everybody's asking me for the answers. I don't know what they are. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be known made to Made known to God. And look at this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or understanding in the King James, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Whew. 
being patient. Learning to follow God. As, as we begin to pray and, and God challenged me with one thing. You know, I really should have put that up there. Mike, I just thought about it. I know, I didn't think about it. And I don't know where it is. Early on in the pandemic, the COVID season, I saw a post on Facebook. See, Facebook is not all evil. Just some of it. And it's not all truth either. Amen. Amen. And it asked a question. It said, I spoke to a homeless man tonight, and I asked him how all the online services have been blessing him. Think about that for a second. And he said, huh. Why? He has no opportunity to any of this, does he? No. And the Lord challenged me with that. And I remember talking to the, to the board and as we discussed this. Like, guys, we were, we were constantly discussing how we were going to help our people. But we were so focused there, we had lost focus of the Great Commission and the purpose of the church. And so we purposed that we would still find a way to reach the lost as well as minister to our people. And we did all these different things. But it took patience to follow God's lead because we didn't know what to do. And, it, you know, there was different things that happened. And, and we passed out those cards for people to watch us online and to pray and all the different things. Why? We had to learn patience to wait on the answers because we could go out and make up a lot of things. But what do we do? <laughs> the second one, let me put it up there. I trust God. I've trusted God for most of my Christian walk because of things that he taught me through. Right? I, I trusted God when he told me to take that job that wasn't going to pay me enough. Then my wife lost her job, and then we had child, and we had all these things, and we had no money to pay bills and no food. And I trusted God to all of that. I trusted God when Hurricane Rita took our house. And I say took our house, and I said, God, I don't know why you allowed Hurricane Rita to take our house. Uh, it was your house. It wasn't mine, but I'm going to kind of have need somewhere to live. And I trusted God that he was going to take care of that. I trusted God he was going to pay all our bills. I trusted God with all of that. But through this season, I had to learn to trust in another way. And I think that's shoring up that full, mature believer. Listen to what I wrote. Trusting God when I don't understand what is going on or I don't know what to do. Didn't that sound familiar? Waiting on God when I don't understand what's going on or what to do. Trusting God when I don't understand what's going on or what to do. I had to learn to trust him in a whole new way. Think about that. If you can trust God in every way, will you have a problem in life? No. Will you still have some crazy times? Probably so. Why? Because in this world, there's bad things. Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. It's just, it is what it is. But when I learn to trust my God, am I fearful anymore? No. And, and that's something that I noticed that, that swept through the church was people were afraid. Listen, I wash my hands. I've got my mask right here. Why do you think we spent $600 on a fogger? Why do you think we spent all the money we did to keep people safe? Not because of fear, because of wisdom. The Bible teaches me to wash my hands. So wash your hands. <laughs> you know, I just had this thought. If, if that would have been in, in Psalms, it would have been, wash your hands, O sluggard. 
You know, or, or is it Proverbs? I'm trying to remember which one that was. It, it says, oh, sluggard a bunch. He would have said, wash your hands, oh, sluggard. You know, if he would have said that, we probably would have paid attention to it. But it was in that book of the law that nobody wants to read. Because it's just one of those books. But I had to learn to trust in a totally different way without fear moving in. Was I fearful of a virus? No. Was I concerned? Yeah, I had concern. Why do you think I wear a mask? Why do you think I took vitamin D? I took a little bit of zinc. I, I've got my son that lives in New Orleans. He's in college. What did I tell him? Stay in the dorm. Don't go party. And don't, she don't party anyways. Does the study and lift weights. Right. You know, and, and it was just one of those things. But I had to learn to trust in a new way. Look at Proverbs right here. Proverbs chapter 3. And this right here just sums it up. Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. <sighs> Trusting in God when I don't understand what's going on and I don't know what to do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. I had to learn to trust. But then I had to learn to be patient that he was going to take care of it, Dave. Did he always take care of it in my time? Thank God he doesn't. <laughs> Because there are things that I have asked for that I am grateful he did not give me. Because I don't always understand everything. But he does. He does. Listen, trusting in God is, is one of those things that we have got to take away from this year. If we don't take trust out of this year, we're going to be in a, a big issue <laughs> coming you know, next year and the year down. Because the word also teaches us that it's just going to get worse. Times are going to get more difficult. What if tomorrow the Bibles are taken out of your hand and churches are closed down? Well, they can't do that. Really? Well, you know, uh, there are states that close churches down, put pastors in jail for opening up a building because of a pandemic. Yeah, we learned in 2020 how our society could move to the good Christian people that love people and help people are now the bad guys. You see, so we need to learn how to trust God in all our ways. So, you know, there are countries that they can't even have Bibles. Brother Ron Paul used to sneak Bibles into China. And, and I was told by a Chinese missionary that they're still passing those Bibles around today. Because people need them. Look at Matthew chapter 6. 6.25. I, lo I love what it says in, in my, my Bible. As I copy and paste. I copy and paste all my scriptures in here. Number one, so I can have the same translation that I put in there. Because I hate to be reading the different one. Like, that's not what it says. The subheading on this one is the cure for anxiety. <laughs> to underline that one. <sighs> for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Cure for anxiety. Have you learned to trust God this year? Look back through your year and see, were there circumstances that God was trying to teach me to trust him? How did I do on that? Were there circumstances where God was trying to teach me patience? How did I do in that? Hmm. What are we learning? You may have totally different ones. You may have totally different things than, than, than I'm learning. These are just a couple that, that I felt God was bringing to me. 
Throughout this year, we've had to learn one other thing that I didn't put in there, and hopefully we learned it. It's how to turn off the voices that are speaking negatively. How to turn them off and how to find truth. You know, I jokingly tell this story, but it is so true. You know, there are people that use the word of God and twist it. It's very easy. And when I teach a younger minister, he brings me a scripture. I read what's above it and I read what's below it to try to figure out if it's in context. You can always take something out of context. And I had heard it preached for so many years, and I guess the other people that were with me heard it preached for so many years that we were at the church over in in Texas with Pastor John Burke, and we were all talking. And he happened to walk by as the conversation was going on. And he was, yeah, Saul was knocked off his donkey, and then later he became Paul. Pastor Burke is like, can you show me that? And I think it was Stephanie. She was like, yeah, I'm going to show you that. She flips to the story. And Saul was knocked to the ground. Well, where's donkey? Oh, it must be in another translation. He says, no, it's not. People have been saying that for years. Nobody's went and verified it. There is no donkey in the story. It says he was knocked to the ground. But we've heard that story for so much, so long, that we believe it's just the way it is. I challenge you to get into the word and learn the word. Because what's happening is, is people are throwing the the word around and using it to their benefit. They're throwing the word around and using it to what makes them sound better or what makes your circumstance sound better. And can I tell you that thou shalt not is still thou shalt not. And when God said it, it doesn't matter if you believe it, it's going to happen. I just hope you believe it. You see, so we've got to turn off the negativity and start listening to the truth. Because if we're not going to listen to the truth... We're going to have a lot of problems. i got another verse for you. I want you to go to Deuteronomy chapter 1, 25. See, when we can truly learn to trust and have patience in all things, even though it takes 40 years and we see people die along the way, look at what it says in Deuteronomy 1, 25, 30. And they took some of the fruit of the land in their heart, hands and brought it down to us. They also brought us back a report and said, the land that the Lord our God is about to give us is good. Now stop right there. This is the spies that came back. What report will you listen to? And they took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us. They also brought us back a report and said, The land that the Lord our God is about to give us is good. Look at verse 26. Yet you were unwilling to go up. Instead, you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you grumbled in your tents and said, Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to destroy us. Now, look at this. There was another report that came out as well. Remember that? We're like grasshoppers to them. They're huge. They're this. They're that. Yeah. But did God not say he will give you this land? Did God not say he will give you this land? Let me tell you, what God has told you he will do for you, 
You know why people tell you those things? Why, why the word of God speaks to you that way and even a prophetic word is given to you? So you can do battle with it. You can do battle with it. Sickness comes against my home. I speak against it and I pray for healing, but I speak against it more than I pray for healing. Why? By his stripes, I was already healed. I do battle with that. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And, and as I've recently come, come to, to love this part of the story, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Daddy, can you sell a couple cows that kind of in need right now? Right? You've got to do battle with those things. Or the world's going to tell you that it's bad. It's bad. Unemployment benefits are run out. And Trump's not going to sign them. And you're not going to get that stimulus check. And you're not, and it just keeps going on and on and on. Can I tell you, my provision has never been in them anyways. My provision is in God. What God brings me, I will give. And because I'm a giver, I will get. Given it shall be given. And pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give unto you. And part of that story, they believe, is, is they'll take their robes and turn it up so people can start pouring it in. And I've heard story after story after story. It's when we will listen to truth over the lies. Oh, it's going to be bad. We can all tune in to Hee Haw every day. Of course, the younger one's like, what are you talking about? I watched the reruns, I'm just telling you. Doom, despair, and agony on me. Yeah, that was one of the songs of Hee Haw. I'm not, I'm not listening to that. Listen, God forbid our government completely collapses tomorrow. I will have food on my table. You know why? Because this word right here said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. I do not beg. No matter how bad it gets. I remember Flippo telling us, if bread goes to $100 a loaf, I'm still going to have plenty of them. You see, what are we listening to? When we walk out of this year, are we going to put all that stuff behind us and say, God, I'm walking into a new year and it's going to be blessed? The Word of God says everything I put my hands on is blessed. When I go through the door, I'm blessed. So walk through a couple times. Get a double blessing. What are we listening to? Or are we going to grumble in our tents because the Lord hates us? He has brought us out of the land of Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to destroy us. Look at 28. Where can we go up? Our brothers have made our hearts melt by saying the people are bigger and taller than we. The cities are large and fortified up to heaven. And besides, we saw the sons of Anakim there. They were listening to the wrong voice. They weren't trusting in God anymore. And, and it amazes me that all the things they had seen God do, and here they are. The plagues and all the things, cloud by day and fire by night, parted the Red Sea. I've been through the Red Sea. I was in the Navy. It's big. It doesn't make sense. But look at verse 29. Here's where we have to be. But I say to you, do not be terrified nor fear them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you. Yeah, but I don't feel like that right now. I didn't ask for your feelings. Well, I don't think he is. I don't care what your opinion is. 
And just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Can I tell you that Egypt was when you were lost and in a sinful life? And when you were lost in a sinful life, he sent his spirit to you because nobody comes to the Father unless he's drawn. And before you come to know Jesus as your Savior, you were in Egypt. You were a slave to sin. And he thought enough about you to send his spirit to start dealing with you, saying you need to come out of here, son or daughter. And he began to deal with you and pull you out. And you know what happened? Your heart melted to that, and you realized, just like I did, about 20 years old in the military, didn't grow up in church. Can that preacher shut up so I can go to the altar? I don't know why I need to get there, but he keeps saying I need to, and I want to, because the spirit had dealt with me. And I learned he goes before me. He himself fights for you as he did when you were in Egypt. He died for you when you were in Egypt. He died for you when you were lost. Guys, hindsight, paying attention to what's behind us so that we can learn what we're going forward to. Paying attention, that's what we've got to do. Learn what God is trying to teach us so we can prosper. Why do you need to prosper? So that you can show the world that God is still in control. God is on the throne. God has not forgotten about us. God has never forgot about us. Why do you think he sent Jesus? To forgive us of our sins so that we can have a relationship with him. And the word says that we're supposed to stand up in authority and power and go tell the world about it. And right now, this world has less hope than in my entire lifetime. I constantly run into people that, oh, I know Jesus, then why are you so down? Do you really know the Lord of glory? Do you really know the hope of the calling of your salvation, the calling that he has on your life to become part of his family? Do you really know that? I will not bow down to fear. I will not bow down to the systems of this world, even though I follow the laws. But my hope is in him. Listen, I'm not looking to go home early. But if he calls me home, he calls me home. But I'm not going to cower down. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. Just yesterday, I heard a story of a young man from the church that gave his lunch to a homeless person here in town and gave him a card and said, hey, God loves you, and prayed with him. A young man from our church. Why? Because he understands he has a bigger purpose in life. That's got to be us, man. What do we do in outside the building? Or do we just come together here to sing and praise and have somebody talk to us a few minutes, and when we leave, we take our Christian hat off? <laughs> I don't wear hats. I can't get rid of it. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you just as he did for you in Egypt right before your eyes. Listen, I want to pray for us today. If you're here today and, and you tell me, Pastor Rich, I, I don't know this Jesus the way you're talking about. Listen, the Bible says that, that I confess him with my mouth. Number one, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I need forgiveness. Number two, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. I confess that he, Jesus Christ, came to this earth, lived a sinless life. Died on a cross. And he was buried and he came back to life. I confess it with my mouth, those things. And I confess that I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. And I ask him to forgive me. That's what the word tells me to do. 
And you know why I stress Lord and Savior so much? Because a lot of us want a Savior. We want somebody to forgive us of what we've done wrong, to get out of hell free card. But we don't want to submit to him being our Lord. We don't want him to be in control of anything. And we've got to confess those things. So listen, if you're here today, again, just like I was so many years ago, and you say, Pastor Rich, I I want to know Jesus like that. That's the most amazing thing. You know what the Bible also teaches us? Is that the angels in heaven rejoice when somebody does that. If you're here today, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I'm just going to get you to raise your hand right now so that we can pray with you before you leave today. I want to pray with you. Come on. Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray with you today. I also want to pray for us that we would truly walk out of 2020 learning what we were supposed to learn. So that we can stand up with authority as men and women of God. Because that's what God has called you to be. And he has empowered you to be that person. Y'all got something? Empowered. So I want to pray for us first for that. And then I want to pray for, for the others as well. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your spirit has been in this place today. God, I pray that as, as you've been challenging me, you would challenge all of us here as well. That we would walk out of this year free. We would walk out of this year truly being free of the things of our past. Learning the lessons that you have taught us. Learning the lessons that you have tried so difficultly to, to, so hard sometimes to get me to pay attention to. Lord, I thank you for your freedom. And I thank you for the lessons. Lord, I pray right now health over the people that are here today. Lord, I pray that there would be a clarity of calling. Lord, I pray that your spirit would begin to just deal with us as we go through our everyday life, that we would truly want to share the goodness of who you are in everything that we do, in every place that we go, God. Let us share your love even walking through Walmart. driving through Lafayette. Be with us, oh God. Watch over us. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Now listen, I'm going to ask something hard. If you raise your hand, I want you to come up. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. If you raise your hand for prayer, I want you to come up and I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to put my mask on. I'm going to turn the mic off, but I want to pray with you. Jesus, Father, we thank you. We thank you. You are the most amazing God. Lord, don't let us put idols in front of us. Take your place. Don't let anything become more important than you. Don't let anything get in our way, oh God. Just stand up with me today. pray over you this morning and bless you. Father, again, I thank you for your word. And right now, I release your word over your people. You said, God, that you would watch over us as you go before us, just like you have in the past. Lord, there are times in our lives that we may not recognize you were there. We may not even recognize that you're doing anything in our life. Let our spirits be sensitive enough 
to sense you moving in our midst. Let our eyes be open spiritually to see you at work in our situation. Lord, I just release the, the spirit of encouragement to people, God, that you are for us and not against us. You have our whole lives in your hands. You knew us when we were yet in our mother's womb. And you have a plan and purpose for us, and it is amazing. And I thank you as you continue to watch over us and protect us, continue to guide us and direct us in all things. We will have patience in all things, and we will trust you. We ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that this morning, I want you to shout an amen with me. Amen, amen. Listen, I love you. Thank you for being at service today. Don't forget Wednesday to be with us. Oh, sure. And don't forget to sign up. Oh, Pastor Brother Deacon Chip. I'm still picking at him. I love that. Is, uh, don't forget to sign up for that class. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, what a great way to end the year with a message like that about patience and trusting God. And... Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about getting back to normal. I like, I like to say it, I'm looking forward to normal, okay? Because when you look forward to normal, that means God's going to be in it. And when God's in it, there's all kind of adventure there. And that's what we want to see next year, amen? Uh, <clears throat> I, I wanted to announce, many of you may remember, maybe you don't, but... This coming week is Pastor and Wendy's anniversary. They'll be married 25 years, a quarter of a century. So we want to wish them congratulations, Wendy. I see you over there. Quit trying to hide. Uh, but they're taking a leave this week, and um, they'll be going somewhere where they'll be getting some rest and relaxation, well-deserved and probably much needed. So... Um, I'm going to ask that you keep them in your prayers. And uh, Wendy, if you'll come up, and the boys, Roland, Richie, I know y'all are going too. And we'll pray for them right here before they leave today. Because I think y'all are leaving this afternoon, right? As soon as you can. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, stretch your hands forward, and let's pray for Pastor and Wendy and Richie, and Rollin. Father, we're grateful for the man and woman of God that you've placed here with us and for our community. And Lord, we're thankful that uh, right now as, as they're standing before you, we're asking that your hand of protection would be on them as they take a, a, a leave this week and that, Lord, you would give them rest and relaxation and and that your spirit would give them a new refreshing. And that, Father, as, as they're out having fun and experiencing your creation, that, Lord, you would speak to them in a way that you've never spoke to them before. And truly, Lord, that they would come back refreshed and renewed. And that, Father, they would be able to not only speak into our lives, but into the lives of people in this community. And, Lord, we're thankful for them. And we ask your continued protection and your hand of blessing on them. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. Amen. Oh. <laughs> okay. Amen. Amen. Hey, you know, one of the reasons I always say, yes, oh, yeah, you can do that if you want to. It's 26 years ago me and Wendy had our first date. 26 years ago. 
her, her brother set me up with a date with her because her brother's married to my sister. They've been married a lot longer than we have. And I was upset that this girl that I knew was getting married, and her brother was like, oh, just go on a date with Wendy. She's a cheap date. So he called and woke her up, and we went on a date 26 years ago. Our first date was Christmas Day. We went to the movies. So our family tradition is always we watch a movie. Used to, I would buy her a Sprite and a Slim Jim because that's all she asked for that night on the date. I told you she was a cheap date. And, and she don't drink sodas anymore. So, but uh, 26 years, we always watch a movie on Christmas Day that evening or something just to celebrate. But you know what? God had something in plan store for me that I didn't understand, you know, and, and 25 years of marriage. And it took me about four months before I proposed. That's all it took. I knew that was it. I'm done. So maybe three. I don't remember. Close enough. <laughs> so God bless you. I love you. Thank you for being here today. If you have an offering or anything, we have the buckets out there. Um, we do have a few of the uh, cards, not cards, uh, the ornaments left. Uh, I'll be out there in the front. If you didn't get one of the Christmas ornaments, we give them out one per family every year. I'll be out there in the back, and I'll pass it out to you. Amen? Don't forget your children, too. I love them, but they can't come home with me. Uh, I'm not, so 